Friends, welcome to episode 12 of the Ideas Into Action podcast. I'm your host, Hamza Khan, and our producer is Kwaku Ajimang, aka Kwaku On Air, aka The Trademarked One. Right before this episode, I noticed on Instagram that he's got the small TM beside Kwaku On Air. Now, Kwaku, just nod if uh, you're actually trademarked. <laughs> I won't tell you what his reaction was, but uh, if you go on the government website and look up Kwaku On Air, you can get the answer yourself. Our guest today is an aspiring rocket scientist with straight-up rocket fuel coursing through his veins. Hussein Bukhari is a Master's of Engineering candidate at Ryerson University studying aerospace, aeronautical, and astronautical engineering. Born in Pakistan and raised in Canada, Hussein's got a contagious appetite for personal development. Between his studies, during the day, he works as a development associate at Ryerson University, researching and writing proposals for major gifts. At night, he's growing his startup, Holistic Bodies, a brand that's dedicated to promoting holistic wellness. His motto, educate, empower, enjoy. In this conversation, Hussein and I talked about manifesting success, persisting through lows, and building an online presence. We also talked about fitness routines, unlocking energy, and staying focused on long-term goals. Hussein and I have orbited one another online for quite some time, but this was the first instance in which we sat down face-to-face and finally kicked it. I had a blast talking to this young lion, and I hope you learn a lot from this episode. Let's give it up for Hussein Bukhari. Hus life, Hussein Bukhari. Am I saying that right? Hussein yeah. Bukhari. Hussein Bukhari. With, with the proper K H. Yeah. Welcome, man. This Thank is Ideas you, into Action, episode twelve, and we start off every episode by bestowing our illustrious guests with a gift, and we got one handpicked just for you, sir. Jeez. Are you a fan of Lion King? The I Lion am. King? Well, sir, this right here is a Funko Pop vinyl of Mufasa. What? Mufasa, the father lion, the governing body in Jeez. that narrative, who embodies the spirit of personal leadership. That's that's true. That's very true. How did you go about choosing a lion as the avatar for your personal brand? Um, you know, it came very interesting. Um, so I'm a I'm a I'm a faithful dude. Um, and uh, you know, I had I was lost for a long period of time, but you know, it, it's you're, I, w- I was found, and um, and that faith came to me from a perspective that uh, I deeply believe uh, as a um, as a Shia Muslim, uh, as a practicing Muslim, that uh, you know there was somebody who I embody uh, and I look up to, and he was a pro- he was a he was a he was a pro- he was a he was a companion. Imam. Okay, he was a companion of the Prophet, and he was a. Um, Son-in-law, the prophet. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, his name was Ali. Ali, right, right. And that um, his story just defined the way that I, I I wanted to live my life. I wanted to embody that uh, that poise, uh, that perfection, uh, that ability to stand with your ground regardless of what you feel. Uh, your ability to, you know, not share and not spit any hatred towards anybody. So. I waited for a very long time, uh, and and I, I I got lost in the middle of everything that I was doing, you know. Um, growing up as a kid, um, I uh, I went through some deep shit, right? I got bullied. I came here. I got bullied again, and then and then I was just I'm like, forget about yourself. Mm-hmm. Just become a new self. Right. Right. Because the world told you the that world you told were less you, than. Yes. So I lost myself, and I became this uh, this the self that the world wanted me to be. Sure, a shell of Hussein. Yes, and uh, then about four years ago, 
I had uh, a very deep, uh, I had a very big car accident and I just uh, went through, uh, went through like a near death type of scenario. And I was like, nope. That'll do to you, bro. <laughs> that, that, I'm like, that's it. That's it. So I, 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 I gave up a uh, majority of the things. I became a good poised human being. I wanted to give back more and more and more. And then I went and, <laughs> and got a tattoo of, uh, of a go, lion man. on my... Look on at my, that. Yeah. Holy shit, dude. And that is I got, impressive. I got the sword of he, Imam Ali, or uh, the companion Ali, and, you know... There's something about that. There's something about, like, latching on to some embodiment of a value, embodiment of an idea, and then erecting that as the aspirational north star that you want to keep on moving towards, whatever that is. And I'm still in the process of finding what that is for me. I think it's a version of me that exists 20, 30, 40 years out, but I haven't fully defined it. And so what I'm doing is I'm picking people. I'm picking certain people who I think embody values that I want to uh, emulate. You yeah. know, LeBron James, Jay-Z, my father, so on and so forth. Yeah. And I'm putting them in this pantheon of greatness that I want to pursue. But I like that you've selected a single focus. You've selected Ali as this as this repository of many different things that you want to be. Now, let's dive a little bit deeper into that because at that lowest moment where you were bullied back in Pakistan and then you felt it back here in Canada when you felt the complete loss of self and identity, what made you you know, feel... So you talked about the accident that got you to a place where you selected Ali, but what was it specifically about that near-death experience that made you think, I got to get my shit together? Yeah, no, I think um, and redefine and Hussein. redefine myself. Yeah, I think it was the idea that uh, I have something to lose now. Right before I le- I never thought that I had something to lose. You know, I very much became a family family man, as I like to call myself now. I became a family oriented man, and it came. I I went outside my shell and became an extrovert, and then now I'm back to being an introvert. Right, and and I think. The ability when you when you know that you have something to lose, uh, I think you give everything up to not lose that. Mm-hmm. Because losing that one thing, losing yourself, which to me what it was, it just means that you know you're lost. It sounds almost like you got a sense of urgency from this experience as well. Like, I feel like you became aware of your mortality and aware of this thing that, you know, we're going through life where we're these gelatinous sacks moving through space and time. And this is all going to end at some point. But for you, it seems like that that realization was accelerated, that you felt in a split second that all of this could have been over and that you wanted to live your life differently as a result. Would that be would that be fair to say? More or less. But I think at that point what I went through, I think I, I purpose, purposefully defined my why better, mm-hmm. right? And I think that was the origination point of everything that started uh, as to what it is now, right? And when I defined my why better, uh, you know, I had, a, I, had a, I had a why. Like, yeah, I know what I want to do. Sure. <laughs> I, you know, I'm, I know who I want to be. Yeah. Um, but I don't have an idol, uh, you know, I never looked up to something. Right. Um, and, you know, as much as my, 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 my dad emulated the, thing, the things that I wanted to do, it was only so much of it. Right. Like you mentioned that you're, you're grabbing these things from other people. Right. You know, you're, you're, and you're amalgamating them into this, this, this pantheon, the word that you use, which is amazing because, you know, in the Roman days, 
those type of areas would be used to amalgamate the strongest types of traits. Totally. To, the, like people who just went head on to each yeah, other. The, the like personifications of these things. Yeah. Right? Whatever they were. Like Athena wore and Nike uh, performance perfection. I mean, whatever. I, I think I'm getting my, my Greek gods wrong, but you're right. And I think that why allowed me to recreate and just re-envision myself to the person that I want to be 50, 60, 70 years from now. This is interesting, man. And, you know, you got me thinking back to a point in my life where I would identify as, as, as way more religious than I am right now. I think that my faith tends to hover around like a belief in a higher being and an order to the universe. And sometimes I'll find myself like fully subscribed to, um, you know, the tenets of Islam. But back in the day, I was all in. And I believed in Allah, I believed in the Prophet, I believed in all the tenets of Islam with a, with an intensity that I don't have right now. And I remember vividly feeling like I had much more order and purpose and guidance in my life because that pantheon was already illustrated for me. I mean, the, the, the books, the foundational texts were already written in the form of the Quran, in the form of the Hadith. And since moving away from that, I've done exactly what you regurgitated, which is grasping at straws, trying to find derivatives of the values that were encoded in these books. Yeah. And I wonder if, you know, the answer to all of this and people who are moving through phases of darkness and confusion in their life, people who are dabbling in atheism, um, in their heart of hearts, they know that there's some eternal wisdom in these ancient texts, whether it's the Torah, the Bible, the Quran, the Bhagavad Gita, whatever it is. Yeah. I mean, there's, these things are thousands of years old, man. You know what? I I want to I want to share something with you. Something I was talking to my mom about this yesterday, and she goes, um, I, "I was like, you know, it's very interesting that you start to see conversion of people who were never defined uh, to be Muslim, or never uh, never grew up as that, or never even thought about, never even uh, knew who Muslims were, sure, or who Muslims are. You know, they've just you know, sometimes people just don't hear them. Yeah. But nowadays." You know, you see a conversion rate from any religion to being becoming a Muslim. It's significantly higher, mm -hmm. especially down in states. And you've got you've got people who've got uh, one minority, uh, specifically Latino Americans, are now converting down in Houston. About 95 percent of Latino Americans what? are now converting to Muslims. What are you telling me? Ninety five percent. Ninety five percent. That's wild. And there's about two hundred fifty thousand. I was watching a Vice documentary yesterday, and uh, two hundred fifty thousand Latino Muslims in Houston, Texas. That is that is wild, and 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 it's not about it's not about, I'm not I'm not I wanna I wanna I wanna be very clear about this that it's not about conversion it's not about you know you choosing to uh, denounce your faith it's about finding something that gives you peace right right and I I, I this morning I was thinking about this I'm like you know what what is it that I I found peace in. I found peace in Islam because Islam gave me the sense of gratitude more than anything else. That's it. Right. It showed me what gratitude really meant, you know, and gratitude defined the way that I wanted to live my life since that accident. There's something to that, man. There's something about this idea of God. Like God doesn't have to be Morgan Freeman. It doesn't have to be this white bearded dude sitting on a clouded throne somewhere like God. Really, when you get down to the root 
value of what God is. It's just the highest order value in your life, whatever that is, gratitude, charity, excellence, money, science, whatever you want it to be, man. I think in many ways why Islam is so attractive to people in this time is because I would say that the era that we're in is characterized by three things, like burnout, anxiety, and distraction. Absolutely. And in this really frenetic time, what people are looking for desperately is they're looking for discipline, tranquility, and focus. Islam has been given that, handing it out for thousands of years, <laughs> yeah. man. But so has Christianity, so has Hinduism, so has Buddhism, so has, you know, Judaism, all of that. If you if you just sit down and uh, if you just sit down and be quiet for once, you throw your phone away. Not in the toilet, you know, because <laughs> you'll probably lose yourself at that point. Dude, <laughs> um, if you throw your phone away. Uh, and you just sit down, you just close your eyes, and you focus on something that distracted you for the rest of your life, or for the previous, for your of, your, of your previous life. From that moment, everything in the past, something that's been distracting you, whether it's, you know, people calling you names, or somebody pronouncing your name wrong, or somebody giving you a sense of eagerness or anxiety, whatever it is, you know, you find that thing, and and. And then you just embrace it. And I think embracing the fact that I got bullied, embracing the fact that I went through some random shit that I shouldn't have gone through, embracing the fact that I never said that, why, God, why is this happening to me? You know? And embracing the fact that that I could be, I could, I could die as I'm speaking to you right now. Right. And as soon as you embrace those things, you just live a more free life full of tranquility and full of gratitude. Because as I was walking here from the Mac today, I'm looking around me and people are just hustling and bustling. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm here and I'm taking deep breaths and I'm like, wow. I'm walking. <laughs> yeah. Wow. What a miracle, man. Wow. All things considered. You know, <laughs> wow, I'm breathing. Like and wow, look at look at the sky. Yeah. I was I was, I was walking. It's funny, man. I was walking and I was looking at the sky, and this guy's just standing there with a with with a smile on his face, and I'm just like, look at that smile. Listeners, I promise you, we haven't smoked before this podcast. Like, this, is, this is just we're high on life right now. And I, I just wish, I just wish that I could share this moment, these moments with other people, and I could just record them. And, and share it as, a, as like I'm on LSD or something. But you are doing that already. I mean, not, not LSD. You are sharing. <laughs> You're participating in the sharing. Yeah. And I want to talk about that because on your website, you wrote that when you came from Pakistan in 2005 and you landed on the, on the YYZ tarmac, something clicked for you. And maybe it clicked in a very subconscious way and it was fully activated after the accident. But you talked about habits, 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 habits. Tell me about that philosophy and why habits are so important to you. So, you know, I've had very, very bad habits. Um, and, and I want to start off with the negatives because, you know, everybody seems to just look towards a positive. I'm not a perfect human being. I don't think I'll ever be a perfect human being. You know, I still have bad habits. And, but what the habits have, have allowed me to, to understand is that the person that I choose to be, habits give me a choice. And that's why I look at habits so um, in a microscopic lens is because 
every single one of my habits, I can't let go any single time, every single time. But I choose not to. Because there's something in that habit that is allowing me to be a better human being. So who are you without the habits? If you were to strip away all the daily habits that go into the construction of Hussein as we're seeing him today, who do you become? I'm just a blank canvas. And are you? would you be happy with that blank canvas? I wouldn't be. What would that blank canvas give into? Like, what is your natural inclination My natural without in- the habits? My natural inclination would be negativity all the way. Right, just being in a negative just spiral. Just being in a negative spiral consistently Damn. over and over again. Finding myself in a position where, you know, I would become the worst version that I just, I, I don't like to use the word hate, but I just, I despise. Right. You know, I would become this this human being that I just don't want to ever be. Damn, that's that's interesting to hear, man, because I don't know too many people who would say that without the habits they have, that they're naturally happy and naturally impelled towards doing well, doing good, whether for themselves or for others. I think that most people have left to their own devices are self-destructive. I think it's in our nature to just kind of wither away. And we have to voluntarily do difficult things if we want to succeed. We have to put pressure against the universe yeah. and go up, get, go up against the resistance of the universe that is set on making things worse. And I don't want to sound like a pessimist, but like, think about it. If you choose to do nothing, if you don't clean your room, your room's going to get dirtier, right? If you don't get rid of the mold in your bathroom, that mold is going to fester. If you don't go to the gym every single day, you're going to, you're going to get out of shape. If you don't go to class, you're not going to learn. Like the inaction typically leads to negative consequences. It really does. And I think that's why it's important to realize that you ought to understand that the negative, the negative habits that you have in your life are there because the positive habits in your life that you're starting to ignite. Hmm. You know, it's the it's the theory of it's the it's the theory theory that in, in embodies every single assignment that physics has ever talked about. You know, the idea that you know if uh, Newton's laws tell us that force equals to mass times acceleration. Mm-hmm. But if there's no mass, you can't accelerate anything. Right. There has to be the component. And there has to be every single component present. And every single component in your life is the habits that you have designed automatically. Right. You know, it's a sense of automatic mechanism that, that that's within your brain. This automatic mechanism is consisted of your biases. And your biases are based upon your experiences. Right, so when you choose to select a bad habit and you act upon it, it's your experience that is leading you to act on it. You know, my bad habit is that I sometimes get caught up, caught up in a in in, in a thinking of that negativity. I catch myself over and over and over again. You know, and this will this will happen randomly. I'll look at somebody and I'll be like. Mm. Yeah. Right. That just that 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 grudge, weird, which is like mix of resentment and jealousy and whatever un, unhelpful felt unhelpful. Feelings. Yeah, just un, un unrelated feelings. What it should, and then something clicks. Well, let's talk about what that something is, man. Because like I, yesterday, I was we were doing this podcast over here with Herbert, and I went home and I thought to myself, "Fuck, man, I wasn't myself in that podcast. Like nothing about Herbert, nothing about Kwaku. Is just like I went home in a bit of a depressive funk, thinking to myself." Was I my was I at my best in that moment? Because I wasn't. Like here now, I feel alive. I'm very clear headed. 
I know how I sound. I know what's coming out of my mouth. I, I'm aware of the room around me. But I wasn't I wasn't present in that podcast with Herbert. And Herbert, if you listen to this, man, I'm sorry, brother. The podcast was fire. Don't get me wrong. You carried it. <laughs> but how do you catch yourselves in these moments, like falling into a depressive, negative spiral? I think it's understanding um, your intentions. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna simplify it. Okay. I'm gonna I I. I I don't know if you heard that song by Lupe Fiasco, Dumb It Down. No, man. Okay. I'm not a big Lupe fan. Okay, I'm not okay. going to lie. So, man. So, so Lupe dumbs everything down in his lyrical uh, ambulance that he that he embodies. I mean, most of the time, you know, just that one song, he literally just, you know, just said every said said to every single listener that I'm just going to dumb this shit down for all of you all out there that are not lyrically inclined to understand what I'm trying to it's say. It's so funny you say that cuz today I read something on Reddit where he's trying to sue his record label for uh, insisting on him hiring a ghostwriter, which couldn't be more timely. But back to you, sorry. <laughs> you know he what? wants to write his own it's, shit. Yeah, he needs to write yeah, that and and you know what? It's funny that that could happen because I mean, the music industry itself is just all fucked up and all that. Mine, sorry for swearing. But, <laughs> it's all good, you man. know. Um, but and and people tell me that because some of the guys who are trying to be musicians, they're constantly in the state that people are just just killing them with these random random scenarios and random hits, which they don't need. But back to what I was talking about is that you know you got to understand when you take a step back. And when you understand the intention that you made when you first woke up, not writing your intention down, none of that shit, when you first woke up, when you opened your eyes, the first thing that you did, that is the intention that defines the rest of your day. And I think that is self-awareness. Hmm. Because me waking up every day, I wake up with a smile. I most of the time I don't have to hit my alarm clock, which is fantastic. I look at my phone. I turn off my sleeping uh, sleep cycle. And then I meditate for 10 minutes. Right away. There's a mat right beside my bed. I sit down and I just zen the fuck out. Fucking love it, man. And when I zen the fuck out, that intention, that smile that I woke up with allows me to carry the rest of my day in that exact same manner. Well, this has been a theme that's come up on the podcast, like the perfect start to your morning. And I think the, the, the consensus amongst all the guests is wake up, wake up slow and do the things that are special and important to you yeah. first thing in the morning. Because if you're rushing out the door, if you're scrambling to jump out of bed, leaving your bed in a mess and not brushing your teeth and grabbing something that's high in carbs and running out the door... Um, that's how the rest of your day is going to play out. You're going to yeah. put shitty things into your system, both physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. And guess what? You're going to have a terrible day versus you're, what you do. You're, you're, you're absolutely right. And I like to add something to that is that try not to eat anything in the morning. Damn, you're one of those intermittent fasting. No, I'm not. It's not intermittent fasting. It's just about understanding uh, how your gut actually operates the first thing in the morning. Because here's the thing about the gut, that the gut is directly connected to your brain. The the brain and gut connection is so significant in the human body that there's no other connection that can be better. Hmm. Right? And most of the time, when you lose that brain and gut connection, you lose yourself. Right. Right? And when you lose yourself, you're just this, uh, you're either going into a slump, you're either going into a depressive state, or you're just finding yourself in a, in a state that you've never experienced yourself before in. 
right? So you got to understand how the gut operates. But the, the way that the gut operates is that it, it requires the bacteria to be physically just doing its job. And the best way to do bacteria for to do their job is to be able, able to run it down on an empty stomach after a certain period of time. Hmm. Right? The only thing that I'll have in the morning, man, and I, trust me when I tell you this, is that I was, I was a huge, huge, huge morning eater. I love breakfast. Yeah, man. Right? But I only love breakfast to a certain degree. Like I, I'll eat breakfast after a certain amount of time, th three hours, three hours since waking up. Okay. 5.30, wake up call. Okay. And about 8.30, I, I eat. So there's three hours within which you're fasting. I'm fasting. And all I'm drinking is either water or coffee. That's it. Huh. And I don't do, I, the only reason why I'll say I don't do intermittent fasting every day is because I just, it just doesn't affect me. So it is that common balance that you got to find about yourself. But here's the thing, that morning ritual, you have to integrate something that that puts you in an uncomfortable position. Gotcha. And for me, it became that it was breakfast, right? I was so into just having a meal in the morning. The first thing I woke up and did, just make myself some oatmeal. And then I'm like, no, you got to put yourself in a different position. There's got to be something to this, man. And I don't doubt it for a second, right? Like I think about someone like Trump, for instance. Like Trump's gone on record to say he loves eating fast food. He will just shove every burger down his gullet because he says it's fuel. But then you also see the manifestation of Trump. Like there's, So like I was saying, there's there's nobody who looks at Donald Trump and says, I want that. That's yeah. the Trump body. That's the, that's the new look over there. Yeah. And then you think about the kind of decisions he's making and not making, the way he's vindictive and resentful and negative all the time. I mean, he's not kidding anyone. Like Trump's not in, in the right mental state. I think so much of that is the result of, you know, not making the the right decisions like the ones that you've described right now, which is thinking about your body, respecting your body, putting the right fuel into it. Um, why don't we use that as a segue to go into the next segment of the show? Of course. Which I think you're going to be down for, but I'm going to ask you anyways. So you see that skull over there, man? Yeah. That's the Halo skull. That's what we call it. Have you played Halo back in the day? I do. I, I did not. I did play a lot of Call of Duty, though. Oh, man, you're one of those. Yeah. Eh? You missed out on some great <laughs> gaming, man. Uh, Halo, the way that it worked is that you would activate these skulls if you were playing certain multiplayer games or even single-player games, yeah. and they would add a level of complexity to the game that would put you in a difficult or awkward situation. Okay. So we've custom-made a game just for you, Okay. but we don't have to play it. If you want to play it, fantastic. We're going to have a good time, yeah. and you'll be eligible to win Guest of the Year later okay. on. But if you don't activate it, that's perfectly fine. We'll skip ahead. I okay. just want to give you that heads up that it will lead to some awkwardness. So, Hussein Bukhari, would you like to play the Halo Skull game? Let's do it. Perfect. Discomfort so, is my middle name. So <laughs> this game, this game is called Trump Minesweeper. Okay. How it works, man, is uh, I've picked up twelve quotes. Some of them are from Arnold Schwarzenegger. Some of them are for Donald Trump. Okay. And I'm going to read them out to you, and then you guess which ones are which, and then halfway through the game, I'll introduce the modifier. Okay. And the reason why we chose Arnold, are you a fan of Arnold? I am. How'd you get into Arnold Schwarzenegger, man? So, um, I pumping iron? <laughs> no, you know what? It's funny. I it, it, it was pumping iron, but I never knew Arnold until I was probably 17. So you would have watched him, if I'm doing my math correctly, this is when you caught him like... Past the Terminators. He's oh, on this, Terminator is like, 3. this is like this is like way, way. He was a governor. 
Oh shit! By then yeah, already. Oh by, wow! And then the first thing that I wa- I mean, I I looked at. I I started to realize who Trump was. I mean, sorry, who Arnold uh, uh, Arnold was. But at the end of the day, I had to go back. Look at that catalog. <laughs> and look at that catalog. Look at that encyclopedia, along with watching Pumping Iron. Dude. So I did a marathon one of the one of the weekends, <laughs> oh, and I was just like. I got juice out right now. Dude, me I and my, juice out. I know that feeling, man. Anybody who's listening to this who's watched Pumping Iron, if you didn't go to the gym after that, you didn't watch Pumping Iron. I know. Me and my brother, we watched that documentary. It changed our lives, man. Like, we became gym rats after that. Oh, buddy. Because he embodied this idea of, like, physical success that also then translated into other areas of your life. And yeah. so what he's done with his career, I mean, he's reached the top of bodybuilding, of politics, of movies, of celebrity. Like, he's become a champion in four different dimensions, which is wild, man. More than Trump can say. Hey, I totally agree with you. And I think more than that, I think he's been a role model for millions of people. Totally, Millions man. of men, millions of women, millions of uh, just general human beings, you know, uh, around the world. So let's see if listening to these quotes, you're able to distill the wisdom or lack thereof in them yeah. and then accurately deduce if they belong to Arnold or Trump. Okay. You're ready to go. And in around number six, I'll introduce the modifier. Let's do it. So quote number one, if you don't find the time, if you don't do the work, you don't get the results. Arnold or Trump? Arnold. Well done. Number two, failure is not an option. Everyone has to succeed. Arnold. Correct. That's two for two. Number three. Anyone who thinks my story is anywhere near over is sadly mistaken. Arnold. Nope, that's Trump. Oh, is that right? You got to listen for the ego in there, man. Number four, you can have results or excuses, not both. Trump. Arnold. Really? Oh, buddy, you were on a roll, but then it stopped for a second, so you're two out of four. Okay. Number five. Don't get sidetracked. If you do if you do get sidetracked, get back on track as soon as possible. Ultimately, sidetracking kills you. Arnold. Trump. This is tough, man. <laughs> Jeez. Right? Number six, always try to learn from other people's mistakes, not your own. It is much cheaper that way. There was a hint in there. That's Trump. Yes, you got it. What gave it away? Cheaper. There you go. He's a cheap little guy. It's cheaper. He's a cheap little guy. Now, dude, here's where we're going to make it even more difficult. Okay, let's do it. In that skull, there's two cards. One says Arnold, one says Trump on it. You get to pick, and then I will do the remainder of these in that accent just to throw things off even worse. Oh, really? I know. This is difficult for me. I feel like this is like an awkward situation for me, man. We should have flipped this around. Arnold. Do you want to do Arnold? Yeah. Okay, let's, (laughs) let's go. If it jiggles, it's fat. Arnold. <laughs> yes. I like to think of the word focus as follow one course until successful. Trump. Yeah, man. Way to go. And you heard the Trump language through the Arnold accent. I'm proud of you, man. You can't climb the ladder of success with your hands in your pockets. You must work your ass off. That's Arnold. That's Arnold. Way to go. Can I switch it up to Trump for these last Yeah, yeah of course. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Uh, success comes from failure, not from memorizing the right answers. Do that again. <laughs> Do that again. <laughs> success comes from failure, not memorizing the right answers. That's Arnold. No, that's actually Trump. Man. Oh, is that right? The last two, man, maybe you can do this. 
Dreams are for dreamers. Goals are for achievers. I would say that's Trump. That was Arnold. The final round, man. I'm, I'm going to go no accent with this one because okay. I'm not going to lie, bro. You kind of sucked this game, man. <laughs> but these are tough in all it's fairness. Okay. In it's all okay. fairness. In all fairness. Hey, you got to lose sometimes to, to, to win, man. This is the this is the trick one because this, if I read it verbatim, it could come from either or. Okay. Milk is for babies. When you grow up, you have to drink beer. Choose carefully, man. That's Trump, man. That's Arnold, believe it or not. Holy fuck. How would you why would you say that, Arnold? Well, Hussein Bukhari, I think he got five out of twelve, man. Oh man, I lost. But you know what? You played like a champion. And effort is all that matters over That's here. That's all that man. matters. You, you went into this willingly. It got really difficult in the last six it really over there. Did, man. Um but it's interesting when you hear these quotes, I mean, from two different types of people who embody two different types of success. I want to talk about your Instagram for a second, man. Like you've made a very deliberate choice with your Instagram to position yourself as a thought leader, as somebody who's inspirational. Did anyone find that off-putting once you started that transition? Once you started going away from just documenting your life to now putting motivational quotes and turning the camera to your face and telling people about what's going on in your life? Did you find that some people found that a little strange? Yeah, of course. I mean, I, I think if you're not doing things uh, out of the ordinary, uh, or strange for that matter, then you're just then you're just failing at the end of the day in life. Uh, so yeah, I did have a lot of people who were shocked about shocked by it. I mean, in the world that is full of distractions, I don't know if tremendous amount of my friends actually noticed, mm. which is which is uh, even better because if you don't notice, I'm, then I'm just doing my own thing, man then I'm grateful for that because to be able to do my own thing, I think it allows me, to just sit in this belief that I'm perfectly okay. And that is what I caught myself doing. So I, I just went to the state where it's like, okay, let's just keep doing it, keep doing it. And then I realized, I'm like, I can do this better. Yeah. All I got to do is ask other people how I'm doing it. Mm -hmm. Right? And when people started to give me feedback, that's when things actually went on a sidetrack. And you'll, you'll see that within the scope of um the 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 instagram is that you know the aesthetics changed right tremendously you know the way that i wanted to pitch myself changed the way i wanted to pitch thoughts changed i wanted to make it more interactive i wanted to make it more broken down into segments instead of just spitting my mind out there you did a brave thing you did a brave thing by asking the audience what they want but that's everything that a brand should do like if a brand truly wants to succeed there's a thing that they believe in and the story that they want to tell but then there's also what the audience expects and wants to hear yeah and you can't have an effective content strategy without like i'm hearing this right now and i'm getting inspired because i think i'm afraid of asking the audience what they want for my feed i think if i ask them what they want they're going to ask me to do things that make me uncomfortable but maybe that's what i need to do to go to the next level like what you're doing right now you're posting these quotes unapologetically you're turning the camera to yourself you're filming yourself making new strides in the gym i mean that requires a great deal of vulnerability what gives you the motivation every single day to wake up and say i'm going to create content that is true to me and is true to my followers that's a very good question and i think the motivation is that I want to be able to be free. Explain. So freedom comes from uh, a few different things. So uh, in my mind, 
Um, and in the in the mind of my viewers or or listeners and and people who watch me, is that that freedom uh, aligns with a sense of peace. So when I feel that I'm at peace sharing the thoughts that I want to share, everybody will listen to me from that same perspective. And that's why I, I, I keep things very raw. I keep things very engaged in that manner is that I never leave things out in the open. I When I put my YouTube videos up, I share the rawness of myself. I don't edit those videos. I literally record them and I put some music in there and I just put them out there. Mm -hmm. So I think that rawness allows me to consistently keep doing what I'm doing. I keep doing what I'm good at, which is just sharing the raw thoughts. And I think we, I get caught up sometimes. Like, you know, maybe I should make this better because people are watching me. You know, optics matter. Right. Right? Optics matter. But at the same time, like, fuck it. You know, at the end of the day, nobody's going to care that you care. I think you're onto something over here, man, because I feel like the tides are shifting. I feel like we're getting away from this old paradigm of distance from the end user, distance from the audience, where you try to restrict the amount of times that you're seen and you try to control how often you're seen. But then not only that, when you are seen, it's polished, just with a veneer, it's with filters, it's with pristine editing. I think what you're doing is you're embodying the Will Smith method, which is, hey, this is me, unapologetically me, this is me with no cuts, no edits, no filters whatsoever, I'm Will Smith, you're with me right now. And I think there's something something almost visceral about that. It feels like Will Smith is your friend. It feels like Will Smith is your your brother, your father, your whatever, you know? It just feels feels real. It feels authentic versus a Kim K who you know that editing, you know that photo has gone through the wash 1500 times. <laughs> you know, I have a question. I have a question for for the listeners yeah. that are going to be listening to this. The question is why do you choose to give into somebody else's version of you. Can I take a crack in answering that for the listeners? Of course. I think it's fear. I think it's fear of not being enough. Like we believe that we're not enough and we look to the likes, we look to the comments and the followers for validation that if I get 10 likes, that means I'm not, I don't matter. If I, if I don't cross three digits, I mean, am I popular? If I don't have more than 500 followers, am I even relevant? And so there's a game that we see that we're emulating and we're looking at people who have likely bought followers, who have likely genetically modified their accounts, and we think that's the standard. But here's a question. Why do we do that? I think it goes back to not, not feeling enough, not feeling, not feeling authentically that we are good enough for ourselves and good enough for the people that we care about. Do you think that's in the nature? Sorry, to No, no, you're this supposed, is great. Uh, I'm trying to think on yeah, behalf of the audience. Yeah, do you think that's that's the nature of a human being or the nurture of a human being? Great question, man. I I definitely think it's nurture, man. I think it's 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 definitely nurture and I know this from my perspective having worked in marketing for the last 10 years. It's that people like myself with skills but bad intentions work overtime to agitate that feeling, that underlying feeling of not being enough so that we can position our products, services, and events as the thing that you buy to fill that void in your life. Yeah. I mean, the ultimate antidote to my work, if you wanted to put me out of business, 
believe that you're good enough for yourself. If everybody start belie- started believing that they don't need half the shit they're buying, I wouldn't have a job. Yeah. And, and, and I think you hit the nail on that is that the nurture is designed from the experiences that we have at an at a, at a age where those experiences just just stuck. So if I, and you know what's interesting? Fourteen seems to be the consensus of that magic age, and that's the age where it sounds like you were bullied, where other people made you believe that you weren't good enough, even though you were perfect. Yeah, you were perfect for yourself, perfect for your family, for your friends. But some some son of a bitches out there went out of their way to because they weren't feeling enough. They made you feel like you weren't enough, and that fucked you up for several years. And you know what? I love to say that you know, peop- I think they. People who did bully me, I think they made me the person that I am today. And I respect them for that. Hmm, you're too generous, man. I and, don't know if I'd feel the same way. And l- let me tell you why, though. Because, you know, it's that it's that same embodiment that went back to why I chose to look up to somebody who, 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 who gave up his life, who, who got, um, got murdered, and still chose to forgive his killer. Yeah. Right? And uh, you got to understand is that, you know, there are certain things in our life that we go through that we hold on to significantly. And those things tend to define us more than anything else. And most of the time, they're the negative parts of our lives. Some people have this immense amount of positivity, uh, immense amount of uh, uh, something that, that happens that, that's a positive impact. But even that positive impact, they, chose to look, they choose to look at it in a negative lens. So at that time, when that happened to me, you know, I chose to look at it the lens that was given to me. Oh, my God, bullied. I just got to take it. I still got to fit in because I'm the new kid on the block, right? And it's kind of funny because, you know, this is the time when YouTube was starting to get famous. Yeah. Right? And something happened in my life that was very interesting is that people were hazing me and there was somebody recording me. Oh, Jesus. As I was getting hazed. Jesus. And it's funny because, you know, I, 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 I love that moment because I live for that moment. Because if it wasn't for that moment, I wouldn't be the optimistic individual that I am today. Mm-hmm. Right? I wouldn't be the motivator. I wouldn't be the inspirer. I wouldn't be the individual that tells you to never quit, you know, today. Yeah. Because that resilience to be able to see yourself on YouTube and see yourself, you know, the day after in a class in front of all your peers on YouTube when the when the teacher is playing with teachers outside and a student steps up and puts it on the projector, you know, you getting hazed. Man, it's wow. a it's a it's a very it's a very different feeling. I can't imagine that. Right? But you gotta take that feeling, you gotta find the positives in that. You know, what were what did I do? that led to that moment. Was that really necessary? You know, it's funny because I I recently started, at the beginning of this year, I started a book by Ryan Holiday, you know, 366 meditations. You know, they're uh, they're meditations by Stoics, you know, uh, philosophers. And these philosophers have this embodiment emotion, that emotion is just a carrier of your disbelief. Emotions are a carrier of your disbelief. When you believe in something and you attach an emotion to it, you're 
uh, you're quantifying that. You're literally putting that on steroids. Hmm. And when you're putting that experience on steroids, what's going to happen is that you lose yourself. You know, you you get clouded. And when you get clouded, you're just thinking with that cloud over your mind. But with clarity requires self-awareness, right? So with that hazing, now that I look at it, hindsight, you know, I look at it from a clear perspective. What did I do? that led to that position, led, that put me in that position. Because I put myself in that position. Nobody else did, right? I put myself in that position. I chose to go wherever I chose to, uh, uh, wherever I went. I chose to interact with the people that I chose to interact with. You know, I could have been an entirely different human being, but I chose to do that. And I think what that's, and that's what people stop doing. They stop giving themselves an opportunity to ask themselves, that question, what is my part in this? You know, you go through a relationship that is a shitty relationship. Sure, toxic. Yeah. Right, toxic relationship. I got cheated on once, which is funny. Yeah. You know, I got cheated on. I was, a, I was an amazing dude, you know, and I'm like, how could I get cheated on? Right. But here's the thing. What did I do yeah. that led that girl to cheat on me? Maybe you weren't as amazing as you thought. No, not even just that. See, and you got to shift that. Hmm. It's not that I was an amazing it's just that I did something that she was scared of. So you took extreme ownership and accountability of your role. Of in- my actions. And I think that's where people tend to lose themselves, is that they're not emotionally accountable to themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and it's funny, I'm gonna I'm gonna mention these three questions no, please go for uh, it. to 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 people. It's about emotional and control and emotional accountability, right? Why are you subjecting to this? Is this, envir- is this the environment for you? And is this the life that you really want? Could you repeat that one more time? Why are you subjecting to this? Why are you subjecting to this? Okay. Is this the environment for you? Is this the environment for you? Is this the life you really want? Is this the life you really want? Those are scary questions, man. I mean, if people seriously ask those questions, they'll rethink 99% of their lives. And I'm telling you, you don't have to think 99% of your life. You have to think that moment. Yeah. You have to embody that moment. 99% of your life is already gone, dude. This is true. It's gone. It's done. It's over with. You're always operating in the 1%. Every single decision that you've made in the past does not make you the person that you are in the present moment, but it makes you a person that you desire to be in the present moment. So if you ask yourself those questions in the present moment, what you choose to do is that you choose to give the reins of your life in your own hands. Right, you become the driver. Yeah, and and trust me, like everybody wants to be the driver, right? You want to be the driver. You don't want to sit in the passenger seat and let the driver enjoy all that thrilling feeling, right? And and people might think about this man driving. That's a <laughs> shitty thing to do, yeah. especially on long road trips. Yeah, you know, I made a trip down to Miami, and I probably drove about twelve hours, Jeez. and it was a it was a shitty shitty drive because it was just raining. And I was just going down, you know, I-95, and it was just through Kentucky, and it was just shitty, shitty roads. But here's the thing. Gave me time to think. So when you're in the driver's seat, you're alone with your thoughts, dude. Yeah. And that's the best thing that you can do. Be alone with your thoughts because that is makes that makes you human. Damn. Bro, I feel like <laughs> I'm so fired up just sitting over here, even though I'm, like, deathly ill and just passing through this cold. 
on the recovery process. I'm like, let's just go to the rack after this and let's just squat everything there is, man. Uh, this is amazing, man. Like, and, and I like that, you know, you've already done the heavy work for us because I just want to bottle up this feeling. Absolutely. And then just inject it into my veins right yeah. now. But I'll take the second best thing, which is your Instagram account, where you document the process of what goes into making you you. And a big part of that is physical fitness. And let's talk about Let's switch gears a little bit and go yeah, into the course. performance point segment where we talk about how it is that you manage and optimize three things, your time, your energy, your attention. Now, when we first did this podcast, we would ask like nine questions per. But I think we've gotten to a formula where we know we can just explore each theme with a single question. Of course. So let me ask the first question to you with time. How does fitness factor into your schedule specifically if i were to look at your calendar right now how much of that if we had to just color code everything that's related to physical fitness how much of your calendar would be green let's say um i would say about percentage if you had to give me yeah i would say 68 hours i i I would say about uh, i i spend on a daily basis two and a half hours so two and a half hours a day uh, so that's about uh, 14 and a half hours. So two and a half hours a day in the gym. And is this all in one section or do you do multiple one sections? Section. So one section in the gym. Then you factor in eating. So you eat three times a day. Five. Five times a day. Five times a day. And when you say eat, like is this meal supplement, meal supplement? Yeah, or just small, it... small, small meals. I don't supplement much, ah, right? It's just small, t- small, tiny meals. Clock and I, man, we're like on our C four right now. <laughs> like we're doing our pre workout. Oh, is that shakes. right, dude? We're just, I'm just jacked up right now. Off of just thinking about C four. Yeah, but no. If I... you're not supplementing, what am I doing wrong here? So, so, <laughs> so here's the thing about supplement, right? You got to understand that supplementation is that the word supplement, right? So it's in, not in addition you, to in addition to. So if you find that you're getting yourself in a position that you're not getting enough nutrients, then sure, supplement. Okay. But here's the thing. With my food, my foods are divided up into smaller portions. Okay. So and, you're grazing throughout the day, basically. Yes, yeah. exactly. And when I'm grazing throughout the day, I eat now, I eat then, I eat now, I eat then, I eat now, I eat then. Right? right? I, 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 don't, I don't time myself. Right, I'm not one of those meatheads who times myself and eats rice and chicken. Yeah. I mean, when I was bodybuilding, yes, absolutely, sure. I did because that's what it was required. But now that I'm, I'm a weightlifter, it's entirely different. So your the sports segment of your life changes, right? And even with general fitness, you got to understand is that uh, the first thing about general fitness that a lot of people get wrong is that you have to step in the gym for two hours no you don't no 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 no. let's let's get that very cleared up is that if you step in the kitchen for two hours and make your food properly you're perfectly fine dude really i'm telling you two hours two hours a week that's all you got to do two hours a week go in your kitchen and make some things that you like so just make burgers man that's it if you like burgers <laughs> man make burgers but here's the dude, thing i don't think i'm gonna you look can, like you if no, i no but burgers. you can modify those burgers right <laughs> think about it this way is that you can modify those burgers if you love burgers Let's go. You got patties. Perfect. Boom. You know, you love salsa? Put some salsa on Boom. the side. You know, take a bread, cut it in two, put one put one piece of bread in one, the other piece of bread in the second one. Hmm. You're still enjoying your burger, right. but you're enjoying it at a limited frame. So you're spreading it out. And what happens when you spread it out? Remember that first thing that we talked about, that you're burning calories throughout the day? Yeah. When you burn calories throughout the day and you're eating limited amount of calories, what happens? Offset. Offset. Right? You go into a deficit. When you go into a deficit, that's when people start to lose weight. Yeah. Right? And when you go into a surplus, you start to gain weight. Hmm. So what I do is that I choose to not do neither. I'm not doing anything. I'm literally just as much as many calories as I lose, 
is how much I'm eating. But to get to this current plateau that you're at, and when I say plateau, I'm not using it as a negative term. Yeah, yeah. You found like the perfect altitude for you yeah. where you filled out your frame. You want to look like this for a very long time. Yeah. But to get to that ascent, like there's some of us who are listening to this podcast who still haven't found their perfect body. Yeah. And what would you say to them like in terms of calorie offset and, and sorry, calorie uh, deficit and, and, and surplus? I would say don't lose, don't lose yourself. Hmm. That's it. Literally, man. Honestly, I think a lot of people tend to put uh, put themselves in a box when they're going into their health and fitness goals. Okay. You don't have to be in a box. You're a you're a human being. You're an individual that has their own needs. Right. Don't put yourself in a box. And a lot of trainers tend to put people in a box. You don't deserve to be in a box. You te- you deserve to be flexible. You're a human being. You've got two arms. You got two <laughs> legs. You got to move around, dude. Yeah. Right. And same thing. Same idea goes to nutrition. Be flexible with your nutrition. Think about this this way, you know. You know when you're going to school, you spend four years in higher education. Then you go out there and you find a job. If you don't find a job, you go back to school. You spend two or three years there. You have to understand is that you got to balance those four years. You know, imagine this. Imagine you locked yourself in a closet and just focused on education for four years. Okay. Would you go mad? Absolutely. Stir crazy within the first year, man. Right? So the first thing that you got to understand is that you don't want to go mad when you're going on nutritional diets. Right. You don't want to go mad when you're going into the gym. Sure. Right? So don't put yourself in a box. Don't lock yourself in a closet that doesn't need to be locked. Right? Keep it open. Let some air in. You know? And with that air comes a lot of other shit mm-hmm. right let that shit in understand that because you as a person you have to understand that you are you can make choices and when you make choices just stick with those choices have a trial of those choices not working out let's have another trial right life is about trial and error i love this man and life is about failing before you find your success this is a great philosophy for holistic bodies, man. It's making me rethink my approach to wellness. And I'm looking at your shirt right now, which says empower, educate, but a word that is not heard too often when it comes to the world of fitness and wellness. Enjoy. Yeah. And you're talking about balance in a way that's very accessible, very relatable. And so it's giving me a renewed perspective on something that I've now brought into my life in a big way back again, which is the second part of this question. It's around sleep. And I find that there's no substitute for it, man. There's I can wake up in the morning, have all the caffeine in the world. I can have an IV drip of caffeine. Yeah. Doesn't compare to getting a nice seven to eight hours of uninterrupted deep REM sleep. Yeah. Talk to me about sleep in the life of Hussein Bukhari. How do, how is it that you go about structuring the ideal sleep for yourself? Yeah. So for the for I have a I, I I've had the hardest time with sleep, man. I'm gonna be honest with you. And the reason why I've had the hardest time with sleep is because from 2010. 12, no, 2010 until 2013 or 14, since I did my four years of education, um, I just didn't know what sleep was. You know, I would get uh, get four, five, you know, five hours of sleep. It was perfectly fine. And then at some point I got to thinking, I'm like, look at me, I'm functioning. Yeah. <laughs> I'm functioning. I'm five hours. I'm great. And it wasn't until this past year that I started to realize how much sleep has an effect on your mental capacity and how free you free 
Not how awake you are, how free you are when mm. you have slept well. And I think that is what people need to understand is that if you want to, if you want to recover, if you want to enjoy yourself on a day-to-day lifestyle, if you want to make sure that you hang out with your friends, you want to make sure that you go to the gym without having to, you know, go have 200 milligrams of caffeine, yeah. you know, or popping some caffeine and federin pills, sure. you got to sleep. That's so it. now my sleep cycle is anywhere between seven to nine hours. Ooh, you hit that nine mark, eh? Right. So That's that baby sleep. <laughs> I, I, I don't go more than nine, nine hours. And yeah. with those, within those nine hours, I my focus, my always my focus is get least at least two and a half to three hours of deep REM sleep. And then your days are supercharged, man. And things it reminds me of the Tony Schwartz quote from the Energy Project, who says the amount of time allocated to you each day is finite, but the amount of energy you can generate infinite is infinite. And that's it goes back to the energy systems that your body carries. You know, the energy system that your body carries with respect to health and wellness, it dera- it, dra- it, it, it actually resonates and it, it, it takes the fuel from the recovery that you've made during sleep. Right. You know, and those energy systems are required for you to be able to breathe properly, to be able to restore yourself properly, to be able to understand yourself properly, to be able to make right decisions Think about it this way, is that, you know, a lot of people tend to look at uh, individuals that are billionaires in, one, in, in, in just one lens. You know, you look at them and you just see what they do. Follow what they do and you'll become a billionaire. Mm-hmm. I highly suggest that you don't do that, <laughs> right? Let me tell you why. Sure. It's because you've forgotten is that how they got there. Yeah. Loss of sleep. But at some given time, somebody told them how sleep was important to them. Right. You know, and this goes back to what people say about Olympians. Even Olympians need coaches for sleep. Yeah. Right? Even Olympians need coaches. Mm -hmm. So if Olympians need coaches, who are you telling me that you're perfectly fine (laughs) with getting five or six hours of sleep? No, man, that's bullshit. You know, I had to understand that myself. And I didn't have a coach to tell me that. But here's the thing. Not everybody out there can understand that. So the the second thing that I like to say to that is that find yourself somebody who can give you valuable advice, hopefully for free. And doesn't charge you much. Dude, just follow Hus underscore life on Instagram, man. You, you get that. Y'all just say, you know, just send me a DM and I'll be happy to do anything that you guys like for free. Because Bro. because if you're, just make sure you mention that you listen to me on this podcast. That's all. Absolutely, man. And where is this all leading to, man? The last question in the performance point segment is like, let's talk about attention. Because there's a lot of things going on in your life. So you've got Holistic Bodies, which is a brand that you've created to help people unlock their full potential. Yes. In those three ways. Yeah. Empower, educate, enjoy. Yes, sir. Then you're also studying to be a rocket scientist. Yeah. Like you were studying, and I wrote it down over here because I know I'm going to get it wrong, man. There's three things. You're studying aerospace, aeronautical, and astronautical engineering. Yeah. You're doing your master's program here at Ryerson. Yeah. You're working in major gifts, so you're working in development. Yeah. And then two and a half hours in the gym every single day. Yes, sir. Where is this all leading towards? Like, what is the version of Hussein that we're going to hear in season four or five? Who is that guy? So that's a great question. I, I do want to preface this Please. by I finished I finished my master's. Oh, shit. Congratulations, Yeah, thank man. you. Thank you. Thank you. I finished, when? Just right now? I, I just, uh, just this past fall. So you're a certified rocket scientist now. Well, I would, I would, I, I could, I mean, you could say that, but I, I don't like to take credit for it. So the reason why, you know, I want to, I want to, I want to, 
okay, get into a little bit of backstory. So I graduated, got lost, understood that I wanted to do, but I knew what I didn't want to do even better, which was great because not a lot of people tend to have that, you know. And what I didn't want to do was get myself into the situation where I would just stuck being a junior engineer for four or five years. So what I chose to do was something that was beneficial to me, right? And which was uh, I, I chose to sign up with a team that was brand new on campus. And, the, uh, and this is Ryerson campus. And this was a student learning center team, student engagement and leadership. And I was heavily involved in leadership and engagement throughout my four years of my, my undergrad. So when I did that, it gave me an opportunity to be part of the university. But what it also allowed me to do is test what was my limit of me uh, understanding airspace. I'm passionate. You got to understand. Like, I'm so passionate about aerospace. I could, I could talk about it for hours. Yeah, that's going to be the next podcast for sure, right? man. <clears throat> but here's the thing. Having a passion is very different than making money into that same passion, right? It turns, it turns your world upside down when you lose that passion in, this, in, the, in, 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 the, in the process of just making money. Hmm. And I never wanted to do that. I wanted to keep that passion and I wanted to engrave that passion and enjoy that passion. So nowadays what I do is that I choose to, you know, do my own little tiny projects related to aerospace at home. And I still enjoy it. I'm still committed to it, you know, and but but I'm doing it with my face. Mm -hmm. Nobody's telling me what to do. Right. You're not in Bombardier working on something that you don't want to work on. No. Right? And I never saw myself as a technical engineer because I always I always saw myself as a person who engaged with people more than they engage with Internet of Things. This is so weird to hear, man. It's, it reminds me of the Mushashi, Mushashi, Musashi quote, which is, it's better to be a warrior in a garden than a gardener in a war. I.e., you have this immense power. Like you can go and build rockets tomorrow, man. You can create things, but you're choosing not to apply it. But you have that power mentally at the back of your mind that tomorrow you could go into any company, step in, and just make a world of a difference. Yeah, yeah. And I can choose. I, I choose to not do that because... You know, I enjoy uh, what I do, right? And that's what I want to get back to is that, you know, choosing what you enjoy, choosing the choice that you make, sorry, the choice that you make, and if that choice becomes the thing that you enjoy, it's very, very unlikely, right? But I hit that choice as soon as I went into engagement and leadership. I engaged with students. I was helping them through what they never thought they could help themselves through. And did you discover this while doing your master's? So I went into that position and then I started my master's. Huh. So I was doing my master's part-time as I was at the student learning, uh, as I was at the uh, student engagement and leadership team. Got you. So I got the best of both worlds, in my opinion. Right. You know, I am so grateful for the opportunities I've had in my life. Is because every time that I find that I get myself into a position where I overwhelm myself, it's also an opportunity where I'm so grateful that I've had. So then let's lock this back to that initial question, right? So you talked in the beginning about like having Ali as this person that you're chasing. But what are the other things that you're doing that'll keep you focused on a goal five or ten years from now? Yeah. And I think Sorry, those. We just got to get you to stop oh. that. Sorry, man. It's just gonna it's gonna drive Kwaku out of the editing suite, man. It's all good. Sorry, dude. Um, <laughs> I get it, man. And, 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 and I think I, I I wanna I wanna I wanna say this because you know it, the the embodiment of Ali is always to look 
not ahead, to be in the present, right. to enjoy yourself now. And that's exactly what I'm doing, to enjoy myself now. But my goals in the future are to be myself, but a better version of myself. Hmm. Right and a better version of myself. Do I foresee that happening? I do. Do I do I vision that every day? Yes. Do I want financial success? Absolutely. Do I want a financial freedom? Absolutely. Do I want a crazy amount of money? No, I don't. I really don't. Yeah, there's two different things. Financial right? freedom and a crazy amount of money are. It's not two the same. different things, yeah. and and I want to be clear on that is because I understood what I really wanted from the beginning. I understood that I wanted to make a good I wanted to have a good family. Yeah. I wanted to make sure that my family was well provided for. I never wanted to I, I never wanted to put my kids through uh, not the hardship but the 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 crazy hardships that I I I'm still going to put my kids through hardship. Sure, you have right? to. Right. I have to. Like I don't I don't I don't believe in that same ideolo- ideologies that's currently existing that you know you got to protect your kids. No. no I think I think you got to let your kids loose. Yeah. You got to let your kids enjoy. And, and and I'm telling you, if I didn't get bullied, be a very different dude, man. I don't think we'd be here, man. We wouldn't. I'm have telling you, I wouldn't be. Man. And you know what? I, it's funny because my mom knew about it. My mom, uh, my mom knows about it, but and she embraced, embraced that it happened. Yeah. Right. And I chose to make sure that she never acted upon it. Right. Right. And I think it made me it made me more resilient. And I think I want I want my kids to experience discomfort. I want that. And I think I want that out there for every single listener that's listening to this. I want you to experience discomfort, whatever phase and whatever level of discomfort it is. Put yourself in a position where you don't see yourself now. Well, I mean, you're the physical embodiment of that, man. Like, I see you lifting, doing cleans, doing squats, doing presses with significantly more weights. I've been following you for like a year now, and I see more plates every single time. And what you're doing is you're literally ripping and tearing your muscles so that a new layer can come on top of that so you can shape like clay this physique that you've put to yourself. But not just the physique, but like the mental as well. And that only comes from being in difficult situations, doing difficult things, and just subjecting yourself to that hurt that you alluded to. And I think it's just that if you do that in the gym, uh, you're teaching yourself to be resilient to situations outside. That's it. And if you do what you've always done, man, you'll get what you've always got. That's it. Look at me, man. I just plateaued in the gym, man. I'm doing the same fucking workout for the last three years, and I haven't actually improved my physique so now i gotta go back and rethink my game dude i'll altogether. send you a workout tomorrow and oh, we'll man. make sure that you know within the next six <laughs> weeks you're a different human being dude we gotta get george khalifa in here and then me you and kwaku and george gotta do like a fitness challenge let's man. do it except team c4 over here we'll like chug some c4 <laughs> and we'll be set man and your team uh apple cider vinegar man <laughs> hey 100 or i even just 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 water man just water all day man just water no i i i, I just want to i just want to say one thing in terms of nutrition and holistic bodies and everything i think it's important to, for people to understand what they're getting themselves into you know uh, and i think i want to leave that with something that we're working on now is that we're working on this uh, uh, this product that will allow people to actually question uh, the coaches and the trainers and the dietitians and the people that they engage with you got to understand the fitness industry is a 3.1 billion dollar industry oh wow right and you got and, and so it, it gets it gets it gets more and more every single time so to be able to flush through the noise it becomes hard for an everyday individual unless you're in the industry then you'll start to realize what kind of flush that you want 
but you have to go through that. So that's why we're making this product for everybody, for for an everyday individual to actually go into a consultation and know what they're getting themselves into. Because most most people get lost. I'm excited, bro. And right as soon as we close this out, we'll do like a proper pitch for that, and I'll ask you a couple of questions that'll hopefully get the listeners to tune in and follow you. But let's close this out with the rapid fire round, man. The lean and mean rapid fire round. Whew. Once upon a time, this was 21 questions, and then Jonathan Andrews came in and fucked shit up, man. Shout out to Jonathan, man. But that rapid fire round became like a slow fire yeah. it was like a you know shooting volleys of, of of missiles over here but let's see if you can just machine gun uzi style bang out these 10 questions let's man. go uh there are 10 questions you have no time to think you gotta say the first, first answer thing. that comes to mind and if we probe deeper then we probe deeper if not just go right to the end hussein bukhari let's ready see. to go let's question number one what instagram account inspires you the most uh, impact theory Tom Bailey Tom Bailey number two what's a game changing book that everyone should read The Monk Who Sold His Ferrari Robin Sharma Robin Sharma what's in uh, your pocket by the way in your in, in your jacket you had a book in there when you yes, yes. In. So it's a, it's a book that I recently got and I'm starting to read it now Is uh, it's called uh, uh, The Subconscious uh, The Subconscious Mind by Dr. Jeffrey I'll, I'll look it up. This is dope. I feel like when we get our studio, we're going to have to like stock this up with all the recommendations. All the recommendations. The Fantastic. What was your favorite childhood TV show? You know what? I, 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 didn't, I didn't watch TV growing up. Dude, you didn't watch GeoTV back home in Pakistan, man? No, we never had TV. You weren't watching Amr Liaka then his Eid, like, uh, on his no. Eid shit, bro? No. No, no bro, <laughs> no. I was just, like, I was literally outside with my cousins, and we were playing Gulli Danda, bro. Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah, what do you know about Gulli Danda, man? Yeah, like, man. the precursor to cricket, man. Cricket, bro. Yeah. It's, y'all, if y'all know, don't know what Gulli Danda is out there, you hit me up, man. I'll teach you. It's the equivalent of foot hockey to real hockey, to real man, hockey. basically, exactly. man. What does a person need to be happy? What's one thing a person needs to be happy? Uh, self-respect. Hmm. What do you miss the most about Pakistan? I would three say, things, I'd say, I'd say, yeah. So uh, I'd say the the street food. Oh yeah. Uh, I would say uh, the warm weather, and I would say uh, the crazy amount of people. It's wild, man. If it's anything like Mumbai, if it's anything like India, bro, there's never a square foot that's wasted, man. You're you're never in a situation in India where there's not another person there. It's Dude, hard to hard to explain. I I so I grew up in a small town. It's called Bakhris, just south of Multan. I don't know if for anybody that's wondering, and that town is uh, it's an amalgamation of three different types of people and those three different types of people uh, just embody the pure cultureness of Pakistan the the, the love for Pakistan it's every, and, and on a daily basis you just see that so i was just proud to be part of that town i'm into it man if someone wants to go super saiyan in the gym what three sh- what three songs should they listen to oh uh, <laughs> they should listen to uh, uh, Start with one, man. The first one that comes to mind. Uh, I would say uh, Kendrick Lamar, uh, his new album, Humble. Okay. Number one. Number two, uh, Metallica, Sandstorm. Yeah. Number three, um, Aerosmith. Aerosmith. Aerosmith, <laughs> Aerosmith. Uh, damn, forgetting the name of the song. We can find it after, man. You know it's what? All good, man. Listen to Hypnotized by Biggie. That's it. Don, that's a really interesting combination of songs to go Super Saiyan, man. I can see it, though. You I know what? Today I was listening to Punjabi music while I was working out. How? Oh, <laughs> <dude>. <laughs> 
Wait, how did this change your workout? Uh, did you have an extra bounce in your squats? It really, it really did it. You know what? It's kind of funny because I was just so oh, deep into the music, and um, it, it, and I want to. You know what? I want to give a shout out to this this artist for doing a great job. Go for it, man. Um, You're the only and, guy I know who listens to Punjabi music. And Sidhu Sidhu Muswala. Sidhu Muswala. Yeah, man. that's his name, and uh, he's this Punjabi artist from Brampton. Yeah, he's actually local. yeah, he's a local. <laughs> human being he's been doing a great job so good for him shout man. out to Sidhu Muswala shout out to Sidhu Muswala bro uh, number seven if you could trade lives with anyone for a day who would it be uh, Dalai Lama hmm what is the most <coughs> interesting thing you have in your bag or your coat or your wallet um interesting what the most interesting I would say a book. Every time I, I go anywhere, I just carry a book. I've always seen you with a book for some reason. That's actually really true. The few I times that I've seen you, you've always I, had a book on you. I, I love books. I wish I could just, uh, you know, I can't wait to watch the movie The Professor and the Madman because I just want to put myself in books. And they're life's cheat codes, man. It's People huge. who don't read books, I'm like, you're playing the game without cheat codes. Yeah. And nothing wrong with that, but why wouldn't you try to accelerate this a little bit? And you know what? I have a hard time telling this to my dad because my dad's like, ah, I know everything, I don't buddy. <laughs> I know everything. No, you, you don't, Dad. Hook him up with Plato's Republic. Be like, yo, this is about to blow your mind, Sai. This is going to drive you into a next world. Oh, man, there's words. You don't even know how to string together sentences because you've never seen them articulated as exactly. such, man. Who's a mentor that changed your life? <coughs> I'd say James Barnett. He's my current boss. Okay. Uh, he actually made me uh, understand my true potential huh. and, uh, in fundraising and how he could benefit uh, the world of fundraising through what I've done. Shout out to James. Do you work with Troy Murray by any chance? I do. I do. Small ass world, Shout man. out to Troy Murray, you know? Yo, I got to get Troy to come on the podcast. Man, have we'll you, make it have happen. Have you heard a story about when he fell deathly ill? Yeah. <laughs> That's wild. I'm like, dude, how have you not done a TED Talk yet, man? That's a crazy story. Yeah, Troy's an amazing human being. Yeah, man. Glad to be guy, part of that man. team, yeah. Man, small world, man. I got to hit up Troy after this. Uh, man, dude, this is... this is. I came into this just ready to chat with you and just learn from the wisdom, but I'm oddly just hyped up, man. Like, I don't know about you, but I'm like... I, I might just go to the gym right after this. Who Let's knows, Let's do man? it, bro. You have given us so many great nuggets and just gems in this podcast, but what's the best piece of advice that you've ever received? Um, don't stop being yourself. Don't stop being yourself. Elaborate on that further for us. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it was, it was a time when, um, I, I, I lost myself. Uh, and that, that idea of losing myself helped me, uh, get into this dark place, the dark place full of depression, dark place full of, uh, you know, suicide thoughts, dark place full of, uh, just not being, not existing. Uh, so I had a, I had a close friend of mine, and he was going through a very bad breakup, and uh, you know we were just leaning on each other, and at 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 one time, and I told him I'm like, listen, dude, you deserve better than what you just went through, and he goes, yeah, man, don't don't ever stop being yourself, because I motivated him, and that motivation inspired him to choose better and in return he told me to never stop being myself and that led to the question is that who am i hmm. and who i became 
was myself. Damn, I love that, man. That's uh, that's reminding me of another quote very similar to that. Someone said, be the person who you needed when you were younger. And I think that you've made several decisions in your life. You've made, you're making them right now. You've made them for the last however many years. You've been intentionally focusing on personal development that are going to carry you forward, that are going to carry holistic bodies forward, Ryerson's development arm forward, all of your endeavors forward. Brother, this has been an absolute pleasure, man. Thank you. This is definitely not the first time we're going to be back on this podcast. My favorite, one of my favorite contenders for, for guests of the year, man. Uh, let's see what happens, bro. Man, I, you know what? I am so grateful for you, what you're doing. I want to put it out there is that uh, everybody listening to Hamza Khan, you got to make sure that you you get to meet this guy in person. This guy is much more in person than what he sounds like. He's a kind human being. That's the first thing that I'd say about you. Yeah, you're man. very open-minded, dude, and I respect you for that. And I think my sister worked for you at some given time. What was your sister's name, man? Zainab. Zainab Bukhari. Yes. She part of Are You Student Life? Yeah. No, I wouldn't have uh, worked with her directly. Okay. She probably worked with like Tessney or Bailey or someone else who was oh, running okay. the team. When, when, when was she working with Are You Student Life? I can't remember when, but uh, I feel like she might have worked with you. Maybe we in Are You Student Maybe yeah. yeah. Maybe in Are You Student Life or maybe in uh, what you're doing now in marketing at Interesting, uh, man. At, Student at, Life uh, Network. Student Life Network. Well, shout yeah. out to Zena, man. Yeah. That's a small ass world, man. Yeah, she's. Uh, she's. I'm sure. I'm sure she'll enjoy this. So, but yeah, man, dude, you are killing it. Oh, dude, man. So I, I can't wait to see what. Uh, the next thing that you're going to break up. Thank you, brother. This is an absolute pleasure. And I think the focus right now is like, do really well with RE Student Life. Sorry, not RE Student Life. I keep, keep on mixing that up. <laughs> do really well with Student Life Network. But also, Tesney, shout out to you. Do well with RE Student Life. We're going to try and do the best that we can with Student Life Network and build the ultimate platform that is in our imaginations as a team. But for me personally, it's like this podcast has been something that I've really enjoyed. For me, it's been an active process of getting to meet people like yourself and all the other guests that we've had and will have to create this dialogue, a different type of dialogue about personal development, productivity in these bad times and bad times as an acronym for burnout, anxiety and distraction. And I think that what you've given us over here, what you've given the listeners is very concrete examples of things that you can do, micro decisions, habits that you can create yes, sir. that will help you to leave a more disciplined, tranquil and focused life. Um, how do we how do we get people to follow your adventures online and you know where can people get involved and learn more about you more from you? So um, I recently started a company called Holistic Bodies. So you can follow us on Instagram, Holistic Bodies One. Uh, you can uh, follow us on YouTube. We're constantly putting out content, uh, smaller nuggets, uh, very, uh, uh, very uh, short. Uh, so you can listen to it on the way to work, on the way to uh, your gym uh, session or whatever. Uh, and then I, I just started a personal YouTube channel. Uh, you can follow me on Hus Life, H-U-S-S underscore life. Uh, follow my tweets because they're totally mine. And I tweet the shit out of Donald Trump <laughs> because I don't like that guy. Vocal about it. Because, um, anyways, but yeah, so you can follow me there. Hussein Bokari or Hussein Box, B-O-K-Z. And, uh, you know, feel free to hit me up with any questions that you have. Uh, I'm a man with an open mind, an open soul. So I love to help anybody that's out there. My man, thank you so much for doing this. All the listeners, I'll see you all in the gym. Let's do this. Make sure you hit the gym today and you hit it tomorrow and the day after. And just stay consistent with it, folks. Boom. We're out. Peace out.